Hello and welcome to a short supplemental episode of Tales from Sacred Texts. Last week, I mentioned the basilisk and a little of its association with Christian religion, and today I just want to talk about the basilisk in a little more detail. As I said in the Patrick episode, basilisks were mentioned in the Bible as well as fairly often by Christian monks and are pretty much accepted as real, until very recently in some places. Do you ever have those mornings when you look in the mirror and are just kind of disgusted with your own appearance? Well, today's creature is so disgusted that it literally dies. Count yourself lucky the next time you look into the mirror and live to tell the tale. Anyway, let's get into the story. Contrary to portrayals in recent popular culture, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, the basilisk was a relatively small snake and traveled with its head in the air rather than slithering along the ground. Many scholars believe that the story of the basilisk was inspired by cobras or spitting cobras, which behave similarly and were often found in desert regions. They are deathly poisonous, very similar to the basilisk, and one can imagine how the legend emerged around encounters with cobras. Around the 11th century, the basilisk became vastly more popular as an origin story was developed for it. It was the offspring of an egg produced by two male roosters laid in a dunghill and incubated by a toad. If you think that's an impossible origin story, you're right, but it didn't prevent roosters from being killed in the Middle Ages on the suspicion that they laid an egg or attempted to. Despite the prevalence of the basilisk in myth, there have been very few reported incidents of basilisks being seen, as everyone who sees them supposedly dies. Despite that, there are a few stories of basilisks, the most ridiculous of which is a theory that the Saharan Desert was created by an infestation of them who killed the grass and trees with their withering stare and poisonous bodies. Some other short stories are found throughout history. In one, a knight managed to get close enough to a basilisk to stab it with his spear, upon which the venom from the basilisk killed him and his horse. In the 9th century, a basilisk appeared in Rome, its poison spreading throughout the city and killing people who breathed it in until the Pope's prayers killed it. Another basilisk was found in a well, dead, in 13th century Vienna after brave hunters went in search of it after a mysterious outbreak of fainting fits that must have been caused by a mythical creature. Perhaps the only verifiable basilisk account and the main subject of today's mini-episode happened in Warsaw in 1587. The mother was running frantically around the city, followed closely by her maid. She had thought the girls were playing outside, but when she went to call them in for lunch, she couldn't find them. Panic started to mount as she searched around the city, and she got more and more desperate, even searching abandoned buildings. Finally, the nursemaid spotted them in the cellar of an abandoned house, but her heart nearly stopped as she saw them lying motionless. After calling their name several times, the maid walked down the stairs into the cellar, where the mother saw her instantly collapse onto the ground, dead. The mother, now terrified, did not attempt to follow, but instead spread the word around the city. The townspeople nodded sympathetically. There must be a basilisk down there. The Senate gathered together to decide what was to be done, and an old physician who had formerly served the king and knew a lot about the arcane and the magical spoke up. Clearly, this was a basilisk. He went to examine the bodies, which were carefully pulled out of the cellar with long hooks. The bodies were swollen and discolored, the clear work of a basilisk. The senators were terrified. 
How could they kill something so powerful? Apparently, the old doctor did not know that the crowing of a rooster and the urine of the weasel were fatal to it, so he recommended a man go into the cellar wearing a suit of leather covered with a suit of mirrors. The theory, of course, was that the basilisk would kill itself with its own killing glare. The man would need to take a rake and lift the basilisk into the sunlight, where the sunlight would dispel its poisonous breath and the venom wafting off its body. Not one person was brave enough to go to fight the basilisk, though. Finally, the town convinced a robber named Johann Farrer, who was about to be executed, that he, if he were to kill the basilisk, he would be allowed to live. Even then, this robber was hesitant to do it, but he finally changed his mind. At least then, he might have a chance at living. Eyes covered in large eyeglasses, covered in a suit of leather and mirrors, holding a torch in his left hand and a rake in his right, he was quite a skept- uh, spectacle. He entered the cellar to confront the basilisk. 2,000 people waited outside with bated breath. After more than an hour, he announced that he had found it, and he hauled it out of the cellar with his rake. Upon seeing it, the people screamed and fled in terror, leaving only the physician to examine it. They were worried that its power could still continue, even though it was dead. The physician confirmed that it was, in fact, a basilisk, with the head of a rooster, the eyes of a toad, and the body of a snake. Now, we don't have any information from any of the other people because no one really looked that carefully at it. They ran away. So the physician's account is the only account we have that this is what it looked like. Now, the story does have some dubious elements, such as the names of the characters, which were all Latin, not Polish. In addition, the mother was the wife of a knife seller who probably could not have afforded a maid. Still, this basilisk story is the only somewhat reliable account of the existence of a basilisk. Personally, despite my tendency to believe in mythical creatures like dragons, I have to assume that this story was an exaggeration at best. However, it's a fascinating story and one that I wanted to share after my mention of the basilisk in this week's episode. Interestingly enough, the basilisk does have a connection to the Philosopher's Stone, an ancient magical stone that could be created and was popularized by the book Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Now, this stone was said to be possessed by the historical figure Nicholas Flamel, and he was an actual figure who really did live, and people do believe that, some people do believe, not many anymore, that he did have a philosopher's stone. Now, one of the ingredients in the philosopher's stone was the ashes of a basilisk, and perhaps that's why the myth of the philosopher's stone persisted for so long. People thought that if the reason why there weren't any philosopher's stones was because nobody was ever able to get their hands on a basilisk. Also, the philosopher's stone was considered to be similar to a basilisk because it killed less worthy metals and turned them into gold. Personally, I think the philosopher's stone, the principle behind it is basically the opposite of a basilisk, with the philosopher's stone giving immortality, the elixir of life, and turning metals into gold, whereas the basilisk was an instrument of death, killing everything that it looked upon. Anyway, just a bit of trivia there. I never knew this until recently. And, well, thank you so much for listening. That's about it for this episode. If you haven't listened to this week's main episode yet, please go ahead and listen to it, and please have a wonderful day. Thanks so much. Scripting is done by myself, Caleb Howard, and music is by myself and by Anchor Podcasts. Thank you so much. See you next time.